I'm I'm ADHD friendly. I'm Patty with ADHD friendly. I am ADHD friendly. I strive to be. <laughs> um, this is episode 122. Welcome. I am going to be diving into a topic. Becca, my trusty assistant, Becca's here with me. People don't really care about. I'm gonna be honest. Like it's it's not very sparkly. It's not like oh my gosh, finally Patty's talking about the thing that I have been dying to hear her talk about. People love to hear about planning. People love to hear about prioritizing, tools to plan, to-do lists, you know, all of those things that we universally struggle with. Well, here's something else we universally struggle with, or at least more than, you know, three-fourths of us struggle with, sleep. I'm going to be talking about it, getting into why it's so elusive and so much of a challenge for us. And then of course, some ADHD-friendly strategies to just to consider if you want to, you know, kind of up your sleep game. Yeah. Want to explore a, a, a little experimentation around something that might create a little bit more restorative sleep for you. We're going to talk about it. So this is episode 122. And I can't believe, you know, we're at 122. I know, and it's here, crazy. 122, as, as I shared last week, I am going to just be updating live our um, subscribers. So if you are not a subscriber, and you're interested, you're, you'll, you'll see next week. I'll, I'll be reflecting if somebody mm-hmm. new signs up or if somebody un, unsubscribes. Right. Either or. <laughs> I'll go either way, which I have to say, this is huge growth because as much as I put this here and I find it very sparkly, I can get in my head right. when, you know, if somebody unsubscribes, cause I'm like, I always think of how hard it is for us to subscribe that if you went through the effort to unsubscribe, I'm like, what? I'm so sorry. Um, but you know, like what I share isn't for everybody. So I'm, I'm trying to be really mindfully trying to attract people to me who resonate with the way that I share the information that I am so passionate about sharing. And that is some strategies to help us to tilt the playing fields for thriving with ADHD. Becca, we're up a whole 10. 624. 624, which according to my bookkeeper and everybody else who knows anything about podcasting, I, I should hang it up. I should just like call it <laughs> flatline. I'm kidding. This to me is astounding. I, I see it as like unbelievable that there's 624 people who have taken the time to check out my YouTube channel. This is only YouTube. If you're listening on another platform, welcome. I love you too. <laughs> but I, I can only hold on to so many details and um because I'm so visual, I really do encourage you. If you haven't checked out the YouTube channel, ADHD friendly, I invite you to do so, but wherever you listen, wherever you uh, get your ADHD friendly uh, little fix from subscribe, follow whatever you do. But here is my, my YouTube subscriber number. Thank you to each and every one and especially welcome the new 10. Thank you. Just to me that like, it's not about, I always said like, I'm not in, to podcasting for um, financial gain. I'm in it to share. I just come across so many sparkly things that I always think, oh my gosh, I want people to know this. So yeah. that's th- this platform gives me that. And seeing that it resonates with anybody is incredibly fulfilling. So thank you. Thanks, guys. Okay. Episode 122. I'm going to start off with a celebration, which is how I always start. Um, and sometimes I think I probably should share, like, there's so many things that like, I bump up against and don't go well, but we get so many of those. Not that I don't yeah. share, you know, struggles along the way, but 
I really do want to highlight something that's going well, no matter how small it is. So I'm going to start with a celebration. And then I've got an ADHD friendly tool for the week. I'm going to share that's tied to your future self. And this week's topic, of course, sleep with ADHD, how to get more quality sleep. Okay. My celebration besides welcome <laughs> 10 people. My celebration is I shared last week, I've gotten further into the Lord of the Rings book than I ever have been able to in the past. Yeah. I finished the first one. Oh, I finished the I fellowship did. of the ring. You did. I did it. And I'm even like 20, 25%, 30%. I forget now into the second book, the That's two towers. Crazy. It's like, it's getting good people. Like it's really getting good. So I wanted to just share what helped me to actually finish the first book. Cause yeah. like I said, I did try several times before one of my kids read it in seventh grade, read all three of them in seventh grade. That's incredible. Apparently they're written for like sixth grade and up, which like good, good on you. If you're reading it at that yeah. point, I literally, it hurt my head. Sometimes it was like really hard. Cause it's just a really like very detailed for all of you that have read it. Like you're probably listening to me going, Patty. Yeah. And it's amazing. I had a really hard time. It's like so much description and, and like, it takes so long for the journey. I've seen the movies, right. but oh my gosh, like it just takes so long. I'm like years before they even start. The You're like, where? I'm like, come on, <laughs> let's go. So that part was really hard for my brain to, to keep up with, but I researched which edition there's lots of editions of the Tolkien books, which I didn't know. Either. They've been edited multiple times. His son has taken over the editing. Oh. Um, he's, yeah. he's actually no longer with us, but um, I researched what's the best version of this book to read. to read. And what I found, thank you all of those people that posted you, you Lord of the Rings uh, lovers. This was the one that was recommended above oh. all others. So I'm just holding it up again. If you're listening, check out the YouTube channel, but um. It's the 50th anniversary one volume edition. Ooh. My brain didn't notice the one volume. Actually, I never noticed until just right now when I read it to you. Um, I thought this was all the first book. Oh, it's really big. It is a it's big really book. like a fat book. Um, but it's not. It's all three books in one, which I didn't realize until I was halfway through, which I have to say did give me a good boost of momentum because I was like, oh, I'm not like 20% in. I'm like halfway done with the first oh. book. But the other thing that I love about this book, besides knowing that other people recommended this version of it, one. is the pages, Becca. Ooh. They're like that really nice, like smooth quality. Yeah, you could tell. Oh my gosh. I love turning the page. I, I usually have to like feel it to make sure I'm not turning two pages at the same time. It's just a nice quality um, paper that they printed it on. Mm. I, this is my library book. I am planning on buying the book as like my own like little reward when I finish the third I want to get it for myself but I just wanted to share if this is a book that interests you my celebration is I found a way to get into it and I am really into it now yeah. I am loving the second book so that's my win okay now for the ADHD friendly tool for this week our future self yes. so it is really really hard for anybody to connect their the, the present self to the future self. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to share why that is. I've always known it was hard. And I always knew it was really hard for the, those of us with ADHD because our brains are wired now, not now. Mm -hmm. Our future self is not now. So that was how I thought mm -hmm. of that difficult 
connection with the future self. But I actually came across an article by Dr. Julie D- Diganji. I don't know how to say your name, Julie. I'm sorry. It's spelled D-I-G-A-N-G-I. And she uses the example of um, if you have a goal to go from you currently get up at seven o'clock in the morning every morning and you want to start getting up at six o'clock in the morning. She uses that framework to describe how your brain sees that plan. Yeah. So, yep. So she says your brain doesn't know how to be this, this person, this six in the morning person, type of person. right? It only knows how to be the current you, the current you gets up at 11 AM. So it's like, I know how to do that. I know what that looks like. I know how to navigate that. Yeah. Getting up at 6 AM is something that your brain doesn't have a connection to. And so you're asking yourself to do something in the future yeah. that is going to be like future you going through those motions to do it. So she says, research shows that the brain processes thoughts about our present self and our future selves in different areas of the brain. So it's as though your present self is, over, and it's not, this is just for, you know, an example, yeah. figuratively, your present self is over here. Your future self is over here. So like they, they literally don't connect. They don't know each other. <laughs> and so she says literally that, that our future selves part of the brain is processed in the same part of the brain that you're processing how you think about strangers. So it's like your future self is a stranger to you right? and expecting yourself to just do something that you've decided right now to do in the future is really difficult because you don't have a vision for who that future self is. You don't know that future self. That person doesn't exist yet. So she says the way to connect them, right? To, to bring that future self that's a stranger into your connection as something, somebody that you know, is to create a clear vision of your future self. So that's the tool I'm going to be sharing with you. This idea of creating a vision of who that person is that's getting up at six in the morning or whatever the, the thing is that you're trying to put in place for yourself. So I call it in, in coaching future self view, or even like creating a movie in your mind, like kind of like visualizing what does it literally look like when you're getting up at 6am versus at 11am, maybe it's still dark and you're not used to that. So like visualizing like, okay, I'm, I'm getting up and it's really jarring to have the alarm go off at 6 a.m. It's really dark in here. Yeah. I'm really tired. Maybe it's colder in your room than it was when you were getting up at 11 a.m. and the sun's been up and had a chance to warm it up a little bit. Picturing those things that can create obstacles to your plan is really key in creating that connection to that future self that's successfully getting up and navigating that 6 a.m. routine. So what do you need to create? in order to align with that vision. So see yourself going through, see yourself literally in motion, doing the routine of getting up at 6 a.m. What does it look like? What does it feel like? Who are you impacting? Maybe you, if you share your room with somebody, yeah. if you're getting up at 6 a.m., maybe you like go to do your plan and you suddenly realize when you're picturing that movie in your mind, realize it's going to wake up the your partner, your the person in yeah. your room. What will you need to do in order to adjust? Because if you literally just go to do your plan, Without thinking through these things, what might happen is at 6 a.m. when your alarm goes off, you realize, turn it off. I'm going to wake them up. Or I have no intention of getting up. It's still dark. Nobody told me it was going to be dark. Whatever it is, right? Resistance. Have a plan. If you picture it in advance, you can connect to what you need to do today to make sure that you're supporting that future self that you're seeing to be able to navigate, to create a connection to doing it. So plan for it, make it super clear, right? You're literally able to see 
whatever needs to happen to be able to follow through with this example, yourself getting up at 6 a.m. so that you're connecting what you are visualizing for yourself with what you're seeing actually happening because you're imagining yourself doing it before you do it. Yeah. So create that clear vision of your future self. So it's no longer a stranger to you. Love that. Yeah. So that's a little tool. If you try it out, love to hear what your experience or any thoughts, if you've done this already and you just maybe didn't call it exactly this. Yeah. If you have had success with this, would love to hear your experiences. Again, this is episode 122 post in the comments. And if somebody shares um, a little interesting tidbit or two, I will share it in a future episode. All right. So now a really quick commercial break from our sponsor, which is ADHD friendly. Quick message. I'll be right back. Hello, friends. I'm ADHD friendly girl. Are you overwhelmed, unmotivated, run down? Do you stop before you start? The answer to your challenges can be found at ADHD friendly. ADHD friendly is where we, where we make the doing easier. Join ADHD friendly today and start tilting the playing field in favor of your ADHD brain and start thriving. ADHDfriendly.com, where intention meets action. Okay, I'm back. It was super fast on my end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our topic for this week, sleep. I want to be really honest. I know that this is not um, the most sparkly topic, but I also know it is one of the, what I call the, the three foundational pieces of supporting ADHD brain wiring. If the foundation isn't strong, everything else that you put in place to support yourself from medication to systems, to routines, to everything else is going to be on shakier ground and not have as much energy and fuel in the tank, if you will, right. to do the things you're intending to do if you're not focusing on the foundation. And the first piece of that foundation is what I'm talking about today. And that is sleep. You're not getting good restorative sleep. Everything else is impacted. And when you think about impacted executive functions, which at its, at the crux, that's what ADHD yeah. um, is and how it impacts our brain. So think about like your executive functions. This is like where like optimal level is and say yours are impacted. So they're already like a little bit like below that optimal level, mm -hmm. but still like we want them to, fo to function at the ability that they have yeah. to function. You're not getting good sleep and you're impacting them further. Mm. So everything you're trying to do is going to be further impacted. So it's really important, but I understand it's not very sparkly. So I'm going to share some data about how important it is and not just like the consequences, because I always say with ADHD, we know what we need to do. We know the negative impact of not doing it, the consequences, mm -hmm. if you were, we still don't do it. So of course, I'm going to share some sparkly strategies for you to consider if you need to up your sleep game a little bit, but first the research. So um, adults, I'm going to talk about adults here. Yeah. Kids, kids need more, but adults on average need seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Yeah. Seven to nine. So if you're getting so, less than that, even if you believe that you are well rested, absolutely. Like I, I don't need it. I could, my dad used to literally like, he always got like four and a half, five hours of sleep maximum, maximum. But that man would fall asleep. Like the minute he stopped moving, just like, like he was done. Like <laughs> quick side story. I knew I, that my husband was the man for me when we went to Disney world and we went in, it's a small world Yeah, and he, like came out of it and he was sound asleep. Just like completely. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is my man. <laughs> but that was like such a thing that my dad would have done. Okay. So 
seven to nine hours a night, the benefits, the what's in it for me, right? Mm -hmm. What do I get for this sleep? This is definitely a future self kind of thing, which is why the foundational pieces tend to be really hard for us, which is also why I wanted to share that information on future self. Um, We get a sharper brain, right? So your executive functions are able to work at their optimal level because you've gotten the sleep that they need to be able to fire up the way that we need them to. You're also healthier. So your cholesterol typically is, is healthier. You're less at risk for diabetes. You also are better able to fight off germs. Yeah, your immune system. Your immune system yeah. gets a boost. And here's what other what else gets a boost? Your mood, Becca. Think about yourself when you've had a great night's sleep. You wake up and you're just like, oh my gosh, it's like I always think of like the Cinderella animated movie yeah. where the birds are chirping <laughs> and everything's just kind of like the sun's coming through. My <laughs> wake up and my hair is perfect and I don't need to do any makeup. Like she's just the like, best life. If you wake up and you're, you know, kind of running on fumes already, and you think about like the day ahead, we tend to be grumpy and irritable. Yeah. And that's just made even more difficult with ADHD because again, we have impacted executive functions. So we already can have a low frustration tolerance. And so we're further impacted if we're not getting sleep. So I always think sleep supports me to be more, more likely to be able to show up as my, how I I want to, how I intend to show up as my best self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, I love that. Okay. So impacts of not getting that restorative sleep, not going to dwell here. We're just going to run down (laughs) diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, impacted attention span and increased frustration and irritability. All right. So we know that that. we know that they're not good things that happen (laughs) without good sleep. So now I want to share some ADHD specific impacts. Mm -hmm. So that was for everybody. What I just shared when we have ADHD, it's really impactful in meaningful ways. So it impacts our sleep in very unique ways as well. So this is from Dr. William Dotson. You guys know I love Dr. Dotson. And he wrote an article in Attitude Magazine on sleep and the impact that ADHD has on it. And so he shares that um, 50% of kids ages 12 and a half and up and 70% of adults who have ADHD report spending more than an hour trying to fall asleep at night. That's crazy. An hour. So even if like, you're like, all right, you know what? I'm going to get in bed by 11. If you know that this is true for you, that means that Midnight. we need to like build in time for that just, to fall, just to fall asleep, which again, you're asking your brain to go from something that's, I almost am able to guarantee you more interesting, Yeah. no matter what you're doing mm-hmm. to potentially really boring or worse, you know, you're going to be frustrated trying to fall asleep for an hour or more asking yourself to go do that. And the motivation with at the end of the day, forget it. I've got a thumbs up on my screen. I always wonder, does that show up in the video when you're editing? No. Okay. Is it just a me thing? Yeah. Sorry guys. Very distracting. It was like a squirrel right across my screen. It was a thumbs <laughs> up. It's a new zoom thing. I still haven't gotten used to it. Anyway, um, really acknowledging if there is resistance because you know, you're going to be tossing and tossing and turning. Yeah. It creates that vicious cycle because at the end of the day, we've got nothing left in the tank to pull from, to be able to kind of willpower our way through. Like, I just need to go to sleep because it needs to happen. We need to find ways to help pull us into that. That sleep. Cause we cannot depend on willpower to pull us through. No. Okay. So Dr. Dodson says adults with ADHD rarely fall asleep easily, sleep soundly through the night and then wake up feeling refreshed. More often, ADHD's mental and physical restlessness disturbs a person's sleep patterns and the ensuing exhaustion hurts overall health and treatment. 
Yeah, that's very impactful. So I'm going to share some strategies. I'm going to run these down quickly. I invite you, take what works for you, leave the rest behind. So first, sleep hygiene. This is um, very individualized. So what it looks like for you will look very different probably for somebody else, but just note what is the right amount of any of these for you if you need to implement anything from sleep hygiene. The first is focusing on your bedrooms, maybe decluttering, taking things off the bed, straightening up a little bit. Um, one of my clients came up with this idea of a yummy bed. So maybe it's like, look like kind of upgrading your sheets or noticing. I like, like a heavy blanket. So it kind of has that like nestled feel. Maybe you need a new mattress. Maybe that's been like on your list for a while. What do you need? Do you need to make it darker? Whatever you need. Maybe it's just a calming bedtime routine. So I'm going to bed at the same time every night. So you're not having to decide what time will I go to bed? You go to bed at the same time. Um, taking a warm bath, writing in a journal, it kind of cues your brain when you're doing the same thing every night that, oh, this is what I do. I'm transitioning. I'm getting ready to go to bed. So it's literally sending those signals to your brain that you're getting ready to shut things down. There's something called the three, two, one rule. So maybe three hours before bedtime, you stop eating two hours before you stop working one hour before you stop screens. If those numbers or you like the structure, but you don't like what they're telling you to do, change it up, make it work for you. I just wanted to share that because it's structure that again, it removes you having to make decisions. So if you decide like three hours before I stop caffeine or whatever it is, or I stop anything with screens, decide what works for you. But I like that structure. So I wanted to share it. Some of my favorites, I like to reduce that resistance to transitioning to to bed. bed. Yep. So what I might do is get ready for bed before I turn on the TV or pick up my knitting project. So I'll like literally brush my teeth. I'll wash my face. It also stops me from snacking because my teeth are brushed. So I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to eat anything. And that way, when it's time for me to go to bed, all I have to do is get to bed. I already did the other things. Another thing could be, um, I've had clients tell me they like to set up coffee at night. So it's going to brew in the morning to help them wake up where they want to put the dishes away. So they can't get up to a clean kitchen. Yeah, if there are tasks you need to do, brushing your teeth is a task. Like those are things mm-hmm. getting them done can re- reduce that risk, re- that resistance you have to going to bed. If you have resistance for that transition, it's really important to target it. So just notice if you have resistance mm-hmm. and is there something you can do to get rid of it so that when it's time for you to transition to bed, it's not going to create an obstacle to doing it maybe considering a calm alarm sound. So I always share like that, uh, 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 it's horrific. I loved, I got this idea from Sister Act where the nun had the little um, daisy Daisy alarm that would say, your daisy head, I love that. So I now have like a really calm um, musical tune that will play. It starts really soft and it builds, but it's just such a lovely way to wake up as opposed to, I used to like wake up like in fight or flight because it was so triggering. Maybe consider making the bed if that helps you to again to transition it's like oh the bed's already made it's nice and you know kind of yummy yep. yeah exactly yeah um I love to have a book that I target for reading that's part of my reward for getting in bed is I can't wait to read the book because I typically have a book I only read when I'm in bed so again consider what works for you I now read an ebook I keep it on a dark setting mm-hmm. so it doesn't wake up my husband with the bright <laughs> light so again find what works for you keep the sparkle let the rest go um like everything else lean into what's sparkly. Don't try to do everything. Pick maybe one thing to experiment with and then notice what works. Um, I think that's everything I'm going to share on that. I had a couple of other things. I'm like, I think that's enough. 
This is again, episode 122. If there's something that you try, you know, if you are trying to connect to your future self, if you experiment, something worked for you, or if you have a sleep hygiene hack, something that you've already tried in the past that you want to share episode 122, please post. We all learn from each other. So we'd love to hear what works for you. Um, going to finish with my quote, Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly, not tied to sleep. Couldn't find <laughs> one that tied to sleep, but I did like this one. He said, if someone is trying to convince you something is not a pyramid scheme, it's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny when I read it. So I, I, it's completely disconnected from this episode. It just really resonated with me because I was like, it's almost like, you know, if something shows up as something, trust that it is what it is. Totally. Right? When people show you who they are, believe that's who they are. That's it for this episode. Uh, thank you again for showing up. Showing if you're, up. if you're still here this late in the, <laughs> in the episode, you're a true ADHD friendly, um, member, check out my website, ADHDfriendly.com. If you do want to engage more in the work that I do until next time, tell me how.